The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are ready to go. John Scholes here, Employment Law Show with Inferior Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. If you want to discuss a matter privately, that number would be one 821 5900 Lines are open. We are live. Bring them on. we got a half hour to get this all in, so your questions are key. <clears throat> be that third voice on the air. We invite you to come on with us. We're going to start with dealing with the criticism, discipline, and bad performance reviews. But first, Alex, the case of the day, pal. What do you got? Hey, John, back at it. Thanks very much. Another edition of the world-famous Employment Law Show. Uh, Great to be back live on the air, as always, talking employment law, (laughs) talking your workplace rights. It's, uh, as usual, John, fall is always a busy time for us. It's been a busy start to the week. Lots of people contacting us with questions about their employment. Fielded a ton of questions uh, today about workplace safety, about uh, medical leaves of absence, and, of course, about terminations and, and severance pay. And listen, you know, obviously tough situation for all of these employees dealing with terminations or dealing with difficulties in the workplace. But I always encourage people to reach out to us, to contact us, seek out that help, seek out that information and the advice that they need to resolve those workplace problems. If you want to call into the show right now, of course, that would be great. Contact us. Give us a call, as John said, or contact us at the office as well. Really, however you want to get a hold of us. The important thing here is if you have questions about your work, if you've been let go from your job, or if you really just feel like the employer is not holding up its end of the bargain, you need to speak with an employment lawyer as soon as possible. They can literally, these situations can affect your entire career. And so these conversations can't wait. And of course, the more knowledge and uh, information that you have as an employee, the more protected and prepared you're going to be to deal with these kinds of workplace issues. So with that out of the way, uh, John, let's, uh, as mm-hmm. you mentioned, uh, get started with the case of the day here. It's an opportunity to talk about a matter that uh, came across my de- desk just today. Spoke to a gentleman uh, earlier, it was this morning, uh, John, a very nice gentleman in his early 50s, had been with, uh, I of course won't say the name, but uh, a relatively mm-hmm. prominent uh, uh, national university a nationally uh, kind of recognized university, Uh, John. He had been employed by the university for almost five years. I mean, really just shy of five years, about four years and 11 months uh, in a technical role. And lo and behold, the university is making some changes, uh, John, and they decide to let him go. Not an unusual situation, John. We speak to people every day that have been let go uh, from their jobs and they've been offered some sort of severance. Uh, and uh, and it's really just a question of assessing that severance and giving yeah. advice to this employee on what their severance entitlements are. Well, this gentleman, uh, John, was offered, as a four-year employee in his early 50s in a technical role, was offered one week of pay. Wow. And when I see that coming in, when when this particular gentleman advises me that, I go, hold on a sec, that, that can't be right. You can't offer a four-year employee one week of pay. I mean, it's just unheard of. And so I speak to him for a little bit, ask him a couple of questions, and lo and behold, each year of his employment, John, he had signed an employment contract. He had signed uh-huh. an agreement for a one-year contract extending his service, so to speak, for year after year after year. And he's done this 
at least four times. Uh, and so what his employer told him in a case like this was, well, your contract's coming to an end at the end of the year. We're going to be, you know, letting you go. We're not renewing your contract. And, you know, and effectively offered him a week severance. And he wanted to know, well, what are my rights here? Are they allowed to, to do this? What's up? And the information and the advice I ultimately had for him, John, is that, as you know all, already and as our longtime listeners will know as well, is that when you're in that situation as an employee where you're signing multiple contracts, whether it's month after month or quarter after quarter or year after year, after probably the second contract, John, those, uh, that relationship becomes a, an effectively an indeterminate employment relationship where you're relying on those contracts year to year. You effectively become, a, become an indeterminate employee and the end of that contract period really becomes meaningless. You become an employee like anyone else. The end of the contract term, quote unquote, really matters little. This employee now is not owed severance just based on his last contract and on his, on his last one-year contract. He is a five-year employee full, you know, full stop. And his severance entitlement should be based on five years of service. Uh, the fact that he signed all of these contracts in the meantime are effectively meaningless at this point because he signed so many of them and he effectively became a permanent employee. And so listen, five years of service, early fifties, he was actually 50 years old on the nose. And in a technical role, John, this gentleman is owed six months of severance easily. Easily. That's probably, that's a reasonable number. And so he was offered a week by, again, this large, sophisticated organization that should know what they're doing. Uh, and yet he's owed six months, not even six weeks, six months of severance. Clearly, there's a misunderstanding here. Clearly, someone in HR, uh, John, I guarantee you, uh, you know, doesn't understand the way the law works, probably didn't you know, get the proper advice that they needed to in order to approve a termination like this. The employer's, you know, in for a rude awakening here. They're going to owe this gentleman six months of full pay as opposed to the one week that they're offering him. And we're going to help him do that. So I'm going to be uh, working with him over the next couple of weeks. The law is quite straightforward on these issues, John. So it really shouldn't be complicated at all. It's going to require a bit of an education on my part to, uh, you know, teach the university here a bit of a lesson. And, you know, I imagine within a couple of weeks time, and actually I'll report back, John, I'll report back. And once we get this Please. matter resolved, I'll, uh, I'll share the news, so to speak, uh, in, uh, you know, in the detail that I can, hopefully we can get it resolved, uh, quickly and to this gentleman's satisfaction. And like Alex said, the lines are open. So bring it on. I'd love to talk to you again. Join the show with your uh, matters. If you're wondering about severance or being laid off or, you know, not getting paid overtime, or maybe it's a vaccine thing, still give us a call. Would uh, would love to talk to you. Dealing with criticism, discipline, and bad performance reviews. Let's get into this, brother, before we take a, a short break. If an employee does not believe, right, that a bad performance review or disciplinary action from their employer is justified, happens all the time, uh, what should they do? Well, uh, the answer is uh, simple yet complicated, John, as many things uh, are in the employment law uh, world. You know, it really just depends on the severity of the disciplinary action. And so if you are, for example, getting a write-up from your employer and that might, or even just a, a verbal warning from your employer, what you might want to do in a situation like that is really just put on the record your response to that write-up. So in an email or even in a letter to your employer or to your direct manager, you know, in a professional and courteous way, of course, explain to them 
why you might disagree with their criticism, you might disagree with the bad performance review, or you might even disagree with the disciplinary action if there was some sort of misconduct, some sort of allegations that were made. Put your position down in writing. This way, if things get worse further down the road in the future, you have a record of what the company's position was, what your position was, and it's clear yes. in that respect. If there are, and we could talk about this after the break, John, if mm -hmm. the disciplinary uh, action is more severe, if you are suspended, if you are sent home without pay, etc., well, that's when you need to take more aggressive action. But we'll uh, we'll park that right there, and we'll we'll get to that right after. <laughs> exactly. With that, we'll take one short break. Email any time for Alex's help at employmentlawyer.ca. Employment Law Show. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. And you are. It's true. It's uh, time for you to get on air and join us. Alex Luciferro is here. You'll want to reach out after the show to Alex have more of a, a lengthy private conversation. No problem. How do you do it? one 821 5900 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. In the meantime, talking about dealing with criticism, discipline, bad performance reviews, can an employee take a, I don't know, like a medical leave of absence if the situation becomes too stressful, the old uh, sticking your head in the sand like an ostrich, or that's uh, no good? Yeah, that's pretty much what it is, uh, uh, John, and a lot of employees will have this reaction when we're dealing with a difficult situation uh, at work and it's stressful and you know maybe your boss is uh, giving you a hard time for one reason or another you know you decide to uh, go see your doctor and and get a get a leave of absence get a medically authorized leave of absence and listen you know i want to be clear john that's absolutely fine if you are feeling that stress and it's causing your health to take a turn for the worse and you feel compelled to speak to your doctor about it and your doc doctor is authorizing you to take some time off of work by all means, you have an, as an employee have every right to take a medical uh, leave of absence. Your health is priority norm number one over even your work, and that has to take precedent. Now, that said, John, uh, you know, a medical taking a medical leave, uh, you know, and taking a break from work is not going to solve a situation where you're dealing with an investigation or disciplinary action or dealing with a bad performance review. You are really just put you know playing or pushing pause rather on mm. that situation because again if there's an investigation ongoing or if there's action to be taken that is going to be there when you are ultimately cleared to return back to work uh and so taking a medical leave by all means if you're dealing with a stressful situation at work go ahead but doesn't solve the problem of course it just delays really you addressing that problem and that's what you want to yeah. do again going back to how do we deal with negative performance reviews how do we deal with disciplinary action you have to tackle it head on right you have to respond in some form or fashion whether that's by providing a written response to your employer disagreeing perhaps with the performance concerns or disagreeing with the disciplinary action or and as i was alluding to just before the break you know, if it's the case that you're being suspended without pay or you're being sent home in some form uh, or fashion, that in and of itself, John, may be what we call a constructive dismissal. It may be a termination of your employment or a breach of, of contract. You need to speak to an employment lawyer right away in a situation like that. If you're suspended without pay, 
even if it's in the context of an investigation, that might be actionable by the employee then and there. And these situations can't wait. You can't wait until you're called back to work or until the investigation's over. You need to act in the moment, uh, especially, again, when we're dealing with suspensions. Those are very, very precarious situations for an employee. Being suspended as a result of a disciplinary uh, incident or bad performance should be a massive, massive red flag for an employee. You should be reaching out to an employment lawyer immediately. What about, uh, and this this has become more of an issue, I guess, in the last decade or so, what about uh, behavior outside the workplace, Alex? Like, can an employee be disciplined for how they act uh, in public or uh, on scene if they're working for that type of uh, business or even online on social media, right? Yeah, it's an interesting question, John. These situations don't happen often, but they certainly do uh, do happen. And, you know, the way the law works is if you are an employee and you are out there in the public, and again, as you very well mentioned, this could very well be online on a social media, you know, whether it's LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook or whatever it might be, Instagram, etc. If you are holding yourself out as a representative of the company, or if you're acting in some degree or capacity uh, in, in, you know, as part of your work, you can absolutely be disciplined for behavior outside of the, let's call it, physical workplace, right? That's a no-brainer. Again, if you are holding yourself out as an employee of the company and you do something absolutely ridiculous and inappropriate uh, online or, again, out there in the public in person, yes, you can be disciplined. You can even be disciplined potentially if you're not acting in the capacity of a, as a representative of the employee. If you're if whatever behavior uh, you're, uh, you, you know, you're uh, alleged to have doing is so terribly bad that it becomes, and we've seen this before, uh, John, becomes kind of of, of uh, media interest, shall we say? Yes. Uh, then again, it can absolutely warrant uh, discipline. You have to be ca- careful, even in the public and especially online nowadays, about how you're acting. Everything is permanent on- online. Every Facebook post, every tweet, every Instagram post uh, can be used and will be used potentially against you if you uh, if you take a misstep there. Yeah, I mean, you got to watch it. I mean, especially if you're using company tools, company phone, hardware, et cetera, even worse, right? Yeah, that's absolutely the case. Now, it, it begs the question then, John, okay, well, you know, maybe you can be disciplined for this kind of behavior. Can you be fired or can you be terminated for that kind right. of behavior? Does it affect... Uh, does it affect your severance? That may very well be a different question. I have to, uh, I have to say, it's one thing to be disciplined; it's another thing to be terminated, or, or certainly to be terminated without any severance pay. We're talking about dealing with criticism and discipline, bad performance reviews. What happens if the employer, you know, fires the employee quote for cause or without severance pay based on the based on bad performance? You know, that's been done before. Pull the trigger too soon, I guess is what you guys call it. It certainly has. And it is absolutely pulling the trigger too soon when we're talking specifically about performance or bad performance or negative performance reviews. So, you know, uh, I want to be clear out there, terminating an an employee based on bad performance or at least terminating them without severance, uh, John. And that's actually an important distinction I I, I should make. You know, it is the case. Keep in mind, uh, you know, especially in the uh, in the private sectors, so we're talking about non-unionized employees. You know, really, an employer doesn't need a reason to let an employee go. You cannot like the way an employee works. You cannot like them personally. There's nothing inherently wrong with letting an employee go, provided that you pay them the correct amount of severance, and of course, provided that the decision to let them go isn't discriminatory in any kind of way. Now, if you're deciding to let an employee go for cause on the basis of bad uh, performance, 
What for cause means is that you're not going to be offering that employee any kind of severance. What you're really saying as an employer is that this employee's performance is so terrible, so bad, so deficient that you're allowed to let them go without notice, without severance, you know, literally on the spot. It's what we call a summary dismissal. Uh, and I could tell you, uh, John, it is extremely, extremely difficult to let an employee go for cause on the basis of bad performance. Employees right. get one, two, and even three chances on the basis of performance. Employers have to show that they've tried to help that employee improve their performance. Uh, that's where we get performance improvement plans, as they're very often uh, called. And even then, uh, uh, John, terminating an employee on the basis of per performance will almost always, except for the worst of the worst situations that we can think of, will warrant severance for that employee. Severance based on their age, position, and years mm -hmm. of service. Em employees don't have to accept any kind of discount because there were performance concerns. Those employees are owed the same severance that anybody else in the situation would be owed. Grab a quick call here. Get uh, Jason on with us. Hey, Jason, thanks for standing by. How are you? Oh, not bad. How are you guys doing? Good, brother. What's uh, what's on your mind? Well, I was just wondering, uh, my my question is, I've been hired with a company under a, a six-month contract, and that's due to expire middle of December. Uh, now, I negotiate a higher salary than their regular full-time employees. If the company decides to hire me on full-time, are they able to bring my salary down to what their normal full-time employees are making in the same position? It's a good question, uh, Jason, and ultimately it's a matter of negotiation. Uh, so okay. there, there is no set law. Now, if they decide to offer you a salary that's less than what you're currently making, you know, the test is reasonableness in that situation. And so if it's not reasonable for you to accept a, a significant reduction in your pay, and, and we right. can talk about what, you know, what significant is, if it's, if, if the salaries are very, very close, then listen, maybe there isn't a huge distinction and may, and maybe it would be unreasonable to reject, uh, an offer like that on, on your part. If there's a significant difference between what you're earning and what these other full-time employees are earning, then it would be reasonable for you to reject that. But really, it comes down practically, you know, that's the legal side of things. Practically speaking, you know, and kind of brass tacks here, uh, it comes down to who has the bargaining power. How desperately or how badly do they want you versus how badly do you want this job moving forward? Mm -hmm. You would hope right. that, you know, over the course of your contract, you've proven your worth. Uh, and that they're comfortably comfortable offering you continued employment on that salary. Can I ask, uh, Jason, is this has this yep. been the one and only contract, or have you signed multiple contracts over the years? No, this, this is the the first one. Okay, fair enough. And so they 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 may very well want to keep you around, but it's going to be a question of how much. Yeah, well, based on what uh, one of my coworkers making in the same position, I'm making like ten thousand more a year than he is. <laughs> Okay, listen, not an insignificant amount of money, uh, yeah. uh, right? So, you know, again, I, you know, so what I could tell you is there is no particular law, uh, Jason, that requires the employer to offer you full-time employment at the exact salary that you're making right now, right? You can't point to a piece, a piece of legislation and, and okay. say, you know, according to this particular section, you need to owe me the exact same money that, you're, that I'm making right now. Uh, but again, okay. it's going to come down to a negotiation and keep that in mind. And what I would recommend, uh, Jason, what I think makes sense in the scenario is, listen, when you get that offer, or even before you get that offer, give us a call. Let's have a chat off air. 
let's talk strategy again, practically speaking, about how you can make sure that you continue earning what you're now earning, uh, but also okay. talk legally. Maybe there might be some things in that contract that are worth worth discussing. You know, in most contracts nowadays, when we see kind of state of the art, so to speak, 2022 uh, employment contracts, there'll be termination language in there. There might be temporary mm-hmm. layoff language in there. There'll be a bunch of language in there that might limit your severance entitlements and limit your rights and entitlements as an employee. And listen, at the very least, it's worth knowing uh, all of those terms. Uh, At best, they're negotiable, uh, right? Especially when you've already been working with this organization. Uh, They know you, they want you, and they want you to stick around. Uh, That would be excellent. Right. Okay, perfect. That's great. I appreciate your help. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jace. Appreciate the uh, appreciate the time and the call. Here's how you reach out to Alex when you get more information for sure. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. I want to get a quick email in here before we wrap. Phil says, uh, "Hey, Alex, I was placed on a temporary layoff for the first time this winter. Just now, I've been with the company fourteen years, and I've always worked through the winter. Somehow, this year is different. Can my employer do this?" Ah, oh, interesting question, uh, uh, Phil. And listen, if you have never been laid off, you've been with the company for fourteen years, which is impressive. Great stuff. And if this is the first time you've ever been laid off, if layoffs uh, have not been a term of your employment at all for 14 years, no, your employer actually can't temporarily lay you off. It's not a term of your employment that you've accepted. And so you have a choice now, Phil. It is is within your power. You can either accept the layoff, uh, right, at which point it becomes a term of your employment. So they would be able to now lay you off every winter. Uh, because you accepted this layoff, or you can treat it as a termination. It's what we call a constructive dismissal. Uh, And uh, that would be my recommendation here, because you don't want to, I mean, no employee really wants to give the employer the right to temporarily lay them off. They can be laid off for as long as, you know, 35 weeks over the course of a year. That's a ridiculous amount of time to go without pay or to go with just, you know, employment insurance. So, Phil, your best bet is treat this as a permanent termination. You're owed severance based on your 14 uh, years of service. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if your severance entitlements are at the very least a month per year of service plus. So your severance entitlements could be anywhere between kind of 14 months and probably 18 or 20 months. Probably very significant. That's a lot of money. Um, And that's your best bet by far. A temporary layoff is only legal, John. We say this all the time. It's only legal if you've agreed to it in a contract or if you've agreed to it as a term of your uh, employment Mm -hmm. previously. Otherwise, it's a termination. Good way to start the week, man. We are done. We are out of time. But uh, fear not. If you have other questions come to mind between now and tomorrow, that's when you want to call in tomorrow at uh, 6.30 as well. For now, they're reaching out to Alex Luciferro at the firm. He's got a great team to help you as well, privately, confidentially. Don't worry about that. 1-855-821-5900 is the number. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And always use the website first. We'll probably answer 90% of your questions. That is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Also, Contained in that is the severance calculator. You can take that one out for a spin as well. The Employment Law Show. Thanks for listening. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.